Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, thanks for listening to the Big Talker Podcast. We're on the Blog Talk Radio Network live coast to coast and around the world. Thanks to our friends at Speaker Match. SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau. If you're a speaker or a meeting planner, go there and access one another. Find out about how virtual speaking is working in today's new world order. That's SpeakerMatch.com, proud sponsors of the Big Talker podcast. Hey, if you'd like to be a part of the program today, the number to call is 516-418-5635. And we can take your questions in our chat room as well as we talk uh, faith in tough times. Our guest today, my buddy, Pastor Sean Roberts. Sean is the uh, pastor of First Baptist Church in Herndon, Virginia, in suburban Washington, D.C. You can visit them online at www.fbcherndon.com and in the interest of full disclosure not that it matters but pastor sean is not only my buddy but he is my pastor as well and i thought he may be able to give us some insight into this really really unprecedented time that we're all walking through together and maybe uh, uh give us a little encouragement today in the midst of this horrible pandemic hey sean how you doing I'm doing great, Burke. I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. Uh, first and foremost, and exciting. How, uh, how is your family doing? Is everybody doing okay? Everybody's doing uh, pretty good, real well. We are uh, hunkered in place here at home, and uh, the boys are doing great. This is um, This is something I think they're built for, they're made for. They uh, easily adapt to situations and can stay in their rooms for a long period of time. And so <laughs> they're doing well. Kara, Kara is doing well and uh, we're making it. We're doing, we're doing great. So, uh, you know, there's so much talk about this. It's, it's a all consuming thing because it affects millions and millions of people. And there are uh, tons of ways we could go with a conversation, but I think, you know, the first thing that I would like to to sort of touch on with you um, in terms of the pandemic is how you prepared your church for the shift away from everybody getting together and and how early in did that planning process happen? Being here in Washington, D.C., you know, you're you're right in the middle of of all this uh, overload of information. So sort of walk me through that that whole thing. How did how did you guys react uh, in the church leadership? Yeah, right. It, I mean, it just came at us fast. And part of the situation was, you know, we were we were getting bombarded with information and things were changing quickly. And part of um, what kind of helped me out was my connection with other church organizations. And early on, we had a, a group that um, went ahead and canceled a large gathering. And at first we were thinking, man, this, this may be premature, but we're going to take it safe. Uh, we did that. And then all of a sudden that week, it just changed just quickly. And what we were able to do, luckily as a church, uh, we are pretty um, 
flexible and First Baptist Church of Herndon is a congregation that can take on change, can take things, and we were able to shift very quickly. Um, and we just had a meeting with our deacons. We had an emergency meeting. We talked about it and said we we're gonna we're gonna take every precaution that we could. Um, we ended up that kind of first week that this broke out. Um, we ended up having worship, but we said we we're gonna restrict this to um, people that that we feel are healthy, and we're gonna keep our distances. And we we cut a lot of things short. We cut out having our other meetings beforehand and afterhand. And then once we actually got to that Sunday service and went through that Sunday service, we knew that this was going to be the last time that we would meet together for quite, quite a bit of time. And, uh, and a lot, just like a lot of other pastors, we were thrown into figuring out uh, how to do worship service remotely, how to be, tech available people and how to um, broadcast our services and meetings just kind of on the fly. And so um, I think with a lot of um, support from the congregation that said, we're going to do what we need to do and just trial and error, we just switched over kind of quickly into doing our services online and meetings online and, uh, and, and, that that's how that happened. So I was, uh, as you know, I travel a lot and, and uh, for my business and was out of town quite a bit, but happened to be in town and happened to be at that very last service uh, that you held. And, and, you know, we're, a, we're a, like uh, an awful lot of churches. I'm sure there's generally lots of handshaking and lots of hugs and uh, all that was out the window. And then the next Sunday I'm watching you do the service uh, from your kitchen table at home. So that's right. a, a big change. And, and I wonder for, for the older folks in, in that congregation or, or older folks generally who maybe are not as tech savvy, what, what steps are you taking to, to make sure that you stay in touch with those folks? Right. Well, we do have a, um, a team of shepherds. We call them shepherds that reach out to families and, and make sure people are okay. So we, we got that group, working and we communicated with our people to say, Hey, this is what we want you to communicate. So we, even though we posted things on email and our social media, we tried our very best to call everybody in the congregation and say, Hey, this this Sunday, we're going to have a limited service. And then the next week we're going to do everything online. Here's how you can do it. And then a change that we had to make was that we, we went with Facebook uh, Live, and we did that the first week, um, and we did that live, and that was kind of neat. But this last week, we decided we're going to pre-record so that we can put our recording on YouTube because we had some people that don't have Facebook and could not get on to see the service. So we had to make that transition and to be able to do that, and, and that worked out actually really well. And we were able to get uh, some of our older folks um, watching and connected. Some of that happened, too, with family members stepping in to help them get connected uh, on, on the platforms and people reaching out to do that. So um, it's almost changing every week. <laughs> 
we're discovering things every week. And, uh, and I, I think the good thing about our church is they give us a lot of grace to do that. They know that we're doing the best we can, uh, but we're working at that. The other thing is we want to make sure we're making connections with people. So our shepherds are calling people, but I'm also trying to reach out to our people as often as I can just to, just to talk to them just to hear their voice so that they can hear my voice and, and see how they're doing. Pastor Sean Roberts from uh, First Baptist here in in Herndon, Virginia, which is right outside Washington, D.C., is talking with us about how uh, the business of doing church has changed as everything has changed in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the country. Um, Sean, you, as I'm sure many churches and other religious organizations uh, do uh, you're approached an awful lot by folks who are not in the best shape financially, mentally, physically, they're, you know, homeless folks and that, that you help. What happens to those folks? Because we all think, my goodness, we're going through this, this tough time where we're all hunkered down at home, but we've got a home to be hunkered down within and we've got food in the fridge and we've got heat and we've got air conditioning and we got light. There's a whole population out there that, that churches assist that uh, I'm just not certain what's happening with them. What, what can you tell me about that here in the, in the DC Metro? Well, I think one of the, one of the good things is that the services that are offered are working uh, the best they can to continue to offer services to provide meals and housing and um, continue that effort and, and, in fact, step it up. And so, in fact, one of the conversations kind of happened in the, over email with one of my colleagues is that his congregation was doing the hypothermia shelter that first week, which is where uh, the homeless shelters during the really cold winter months um, take the, the homeless to churches, and the churches will open up for a week and they will house kind of the overflow of, of homeless people in the in the cold time. And what he said is our church volunteered to do this, but most of our people are in that vulnerable state. And he was reaching out for people to jump in to help, and, and a lot of people just jumped in to provide that assistance. So those organizations are working hard uh, and, and stepping up, and people are stepping up, and that's, that's encouraging and helpful. We we see this with the Fairfax County school system opening up um, their schools to feed uh, students, um, to give them a meal for breakfast and lunch. We see um, organizations like Link working to um, make sure they can give people the, the, the food that they need. They usually give out canned food items, and, and people are working at doing that. Our church, we are exploring coming up with a program where we will um, gather information on who has been laid off. And we're going to try to see if we can provide um, actually a a meal from one of the local um, restaurants so that what we will be doing is helping the local economy, which has been rocked, you know, and then also providing meals for people who have lost their jobs. We're hoping to be able to get that started next week. Um, we're gathering information now, and then, uh, you know, we're hoping to be able to do meals, whether we are collecting the meals and taking them to the church and then handing them to 
are actually placing them in people's cars as they drive by uh, into our parking lot or if we have to come up with a delivery system. But uh, we're working we're working to make that happen. So I think I think the good news is is that a lot of people that work to care for the vulnerable are creative and they are active and they are working. And I would encourage people to just look at the areas that are around them, the organizations that are around them, and help out however you can. Donations are going to be important. Um, providing food or whatever items that they're looking for, and that's going to be a big help for people. If you're just joining us, our guest is Pastor Sean Roberts from First Baptist Church in Herndon, Virginia, suburban Washington, D.C., and the number to call to interact with us, 516-418-5635. Program brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com, the United States' largest online speakers bureau um, you, you talked about businesses just being rocked uh, and, and, you know, the, the layoffs are just beginning. We're really on the, the opening end of this thing. The business of church must be very different as well in terms of, of tithes and offerings. And, you know, you guys uh, use that money t- to help folks in need, as you talked about, you know, buying meals from, from local restaurants and such. How is that going to work for you? you? You can't pass around the offering plate on a Sunday morning anymore. So how are you overcoming that? Well, we are thankful that our people are faithful and uh, we have a good group of people that continue to give to the church no matter what. And some of them are mailing in and some of them are bringing in their tithes and and that's wonderful. We also uh, are going to take advantage of the online resources that we have um, so we have an online giving option, a text-to-give option, but we also know that there's a lot of, of fundraising um, uh, programs out there online that we will probably make use of to raise extra funds for this. Because, you know, it's going to take a lot of extra funds to do this, but we mm-hmm. feel confident in being able to get that started. And we think the people are going to step up. We think our church people and the community will step up when they know that we're doing this. And we're going to just trust that, that if we're going to trust that God is going to provide the daily bread that, that God provides, that God is going to give us what we need. And as we are trying to help people, that God is going to give us the very basics of what we need to be able to help the people that are hurting and suffering in this time. Have you had any uh, members of your congregation yet who have been tested or tested positive for COVID-19? To my knowledge, we have not. But I think as we see this develop, you know, first we saw things shut down and people affected that way. Uh, And now what we are starting to see is we are finding people who know people who are affected. And then now I think we're going to be seeing, uh, I imagine, some of our own people to become affected. But right now uh, we we have not. Have you thought about uh, what you would do if if you did have uh, someone in your congregation who tested and, and they're in the hospital and, and would you, could you do hospital visits? Have you gotten any kind of guidance from, from local hospitals about what, what uh, pastors can do? Because I imagine that's generally a big part of your job is visiting folks who are sick in the hospital. Yeah, it is in, in trying to provide care. And I think what we'll have to do is get creative with that. 
to whether I, I think that probably making a visit within people who are sick with the virus will, will probably not be allowed. Some of the things that we're seeing on media is that family members in other places only get a, about a 30 minute time period to visit. Some of the heartbreaking stories that we're seeing are uh, people that are passing away by themselves because their family members cannot be in the room with them. So I imagine that that face-to-face -face contact will not be able to take place with the, with the clergy. And so we'll have to rely on technology, phone calls and FaceTime and, and Skype and the, or those kind of meetups and just try the, our best to be the presence of Christ without being physically present. And um, that's what we're learning how to do. That's what we're figuring out with our worship services and with the ways that we are caring for people in need. And we're going to have to figure out how to do that with the sick as well. And, uh, you know, ways in which we can make those connections without being physically present, text messages and uh, phone calls and, and those kind of things are going to be important. And I think the church will show up. I think that uh, the church and the pastors will show up to do that and to be present with people in this time. And, um, you know, this is a different moment, but we are figuring out ways to do what is necessary and important uh, the very best ways that we can. Pastor Sean Roberts, our guest today on the Big Talker podcast. And uh, Sean, you're a smart guy. You've been around a long time. You've got a Master's of Divinity. You, you've made this your life's calling for the last couple of decades. I'd like to get your take on, on in a global sense, uh, how faith or, or lack of faith uh, plays into people's methods of coping with a stressful time like this. Um, uh, one of the things I've always loved about uh, the church is it's a very – uh, your church in particular is very international in flavor. I, I always tease that it's like the, the United Nations and the first three pews there. And, and you know, you have yeah. folks that come from all over the world and, and many of them from different faith backgrounds that are not even necessarily Christian backgrounds. Um, so, so how does faith or, or lack of faith, in your opinion, play into the way people deal with, with this pandemic and, and other really stressful times in their life? Yeah, I think um, I think I can speak best to how faith really helps us, and I think that what we see across um, international lines, across cultures, across language, is that what faith does is that it connects us to something that is bigger than ourselves. And so, when we're in a situation where the world has changed overnight there is comfort in knowing that there is something bigger out there. There is something better. Uh, there is something great and holy and full of grace. And I think that's what's so critical and so important for us. I think what that does is with Christianity and, and not to say that it doesn't do it with other faiths either, but, but because I speak as a Christian, that faith also connects us to each other and, even though in this moment we can't physically be together, 
because we are part of a Christian community, we have a connection. And we, we know we believe in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit connects us and joins us together, breathes life in us. And so I think that faith helps us in these ways uh, to, to realize that there is something bigger out there. When, when we have lost control, when everything has changed, there is something bigger. And, and part of that bigness is a connection with other people. Um, even when we cannot physically be together, we are connected in faith. And, and we hold on to just those important stories of our faith. I think another part that's really important is that the stories of our faith and the scriptures that we have really speak to us about difficult times. And, and I think one of the great things about the Bible is that the Bible shares with us the experience of other faithful people uh, in a very honest way. And so when we open up the Psalms, we hear the prayer book of an ancient people that believed in God that put their faith in, the, in God, but also ask really difficult questions. And we're not afraid to just kind of bear some of the difficulties. You know, we, we've talked about it in the services about um, Psalm 13 that says, um, you know, how long, O oh Lord, how long are we going to go through this? How long do we wait? But then in the end, coming back to, to matter what, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to be I'm going to be with you. And I think another piece that's important, the way that our faith um, allows us to hold on to difficult things and the way that we see that for Christians that, that our Savior holds these things with us and has experienced these things before and just um, can carry these things, you know, Jesus knows what it's like to suffer, and Jesus knows what it's like to be full of emotions. Um, we see in scriptures that Jesus is, is a person that's moved with compassion. We also see um, that time where he's moved to tears. You know, he's, he's going to his friend Lazarus, who has died. And he sits there with the people who are grieving, and he feels their grief, and he's moved in their grief, and he breaks down and he cries. And, and the thing about it is, Jesus knew that he was going to go and raise Lazarus from the dead, and yet he still felt the emotion and the pain and the sorrow and grief and entered into that with the people. And, and I think connecting with these stories and connecting with the faith tradition tells us that, that whatever emotions that we feel in this, whether it's, whether it's fear or anxiety, um, that, that we have a God that understands that. We have a God who has been there before, and we have a God that holds these things with us. And I think there's a lot of hope in that. Um, not hope that and the very next day, everything is going to be fine and great and back to normal, but the hope in that whatever comes, that there is a God who has experienced this before and can walk us through it and be present with us as we go through this. 
And I think that that, that translates throughout the world uh, to, to, to all people. And I think probably people who um, maybe aren't people of faith um, sense that and can see that and long perhaps for a connection with that. Um, you know, we've seen that in the past where people, people in the time of national tragedy or tragedies around the world step up and step into faith um, and, and take hold of that. So I think, I think that's, that's an important part of faith um, in this Pastor, time. let me ask you, um, what would you say to these, these other ministers? That several have been in the news, one in, in Tampa this week and uh, Louisiana a couple of days ago, who uh, they, they wear their faith on the sleeve and they continue to have services and hundreds of people are coming out for those services. I think the pastor in, uh, in Tampa actually was arrested a day or two ago. What would you say to those guys about uh, maybe leaning on faith too much? Well, I, what I would say is to just shift your faith, just shift where you're putting your faith. If you're putting your faith solely on doing things the way that you've always done it before, that I think that maybe you're going about it the wrong way. And and interestingly enough, I, you know, I've kind of read some things on social media, and somebody pointed out, you know, one of the temptations that the devil gave to Jesus was, hey, why don't you throw yourself down off the temple and let God send his angels to scoop you up and take care of you? And And that's almost the same temptation here that, let me go to church. I'm not going to cancel my services to prove that God is going to protect me. And that's kind of putting God to the test, you know. And I think what, what faith, especially our faith in Christianity, says to us is that no matter what, no matter how we do things, that God is present, that God is at work, and that when things shift, when things change, uh, God is working within that change. Um, you know, the first Easter service, you know, we're all talking about we're not going to be able to gather together for Easter. Well, right. the first Easter experience was with people that were totally shocked at how God had come back to life. There were just a couple of women that showed up at the tomb, and, and there was this enormous transformation of things that happened and and uh and that's that's kind of the way God works, and so I think what I would say to them is, you know we don't have to try to prove God uh in doing uh the things the way we have always done it. We can trust that God is going to lead us into the new places into a new way into getting us through this, and that that God is very much alive, whether whether we have to cancel all of our Holy Week and Easter services, Jesus is already alive and already moving, and the Spirit is already ahead of us in what God is doing for the church and guiding people of faith, even in this time. Sean, we've got about 60 seconds left, but I, I want to ask you, you probably saw that, that really tragic story of the church choir in Washington State that got together before this really happened in, in a big way. 
No one seemed to be sick that night. They had their, their choir rehearsal. Now 45 people in that group of 60 have COVID-19. Three have passed. Uh, what would you say, and again, we only have about 60 seconds to the folks who would say, you know, how could a, a loving, merciful God let something like that happen? I know it's a tough question, but I'm going to throw it out there and see if you can uh, answer it in, in 60 seconds or less. Well, I think what I would say is that we we see this, uh, this happening over and over again, and that that question is a question that the Bible even wrestles with and doesn't come up with a solid answer. But this is exactly what Job asked. Job said, why would you allow this to happen? And he questioned that. And what God did for Job was that God didn't give Job any answers. God just showed up. God showed up. He didn't give any answers, but it was clear that God was there. And what we decided and what we uh, what we see is that that's probably what Job needed most of all. I don't know. I don't know why these things happen. I don't know why God allows them to happen. I don't know why sometimes God saves some people from terrible things and sometimes he doesn't. But what I do know is that God is with us and that God shows up and that makes all the difference. And you got it in in less than 60 seconds. Well done, Pastor. Pastor Sean Roberts, <laughs> our guest today, talking about faith in tough times. If you'd like to visit him online, go to www.fbcherndon.com, www.fbcherndon.com. Pastor Sean Roberts, thanks for being on the Big Talker podcast. We appreciate it. Stay safe and healthy. All right. God bless you. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.